87%, yeah, that's the percentage of all real estate agents that get in the business today that'll be gone in two years. Let me tell you something, why is there so much turnover in real estate? Because it isn't easy. And because most people don't know exactly what they need to do to get to the next level. Now look, regardless of whether you're brand new to the industry or, you've, or you're a team leader, you've got 40 people on your team and you just wanna to get to the next level. If you're doing 10 transactions a year, you wanna to get to 25. You're doing 500 transactions a year, you wanna to get to 1,000. You're at 1,000, you wanna to get to 10,000. Let me tell you something, you need the right coach. Why? Because Club Wealth is the only coaching company on the planet that will literally guarantee that you will double your income or make at least an extra $100,000 your first year coaching with us, or we will give you 100% of your investment back. This is for people of all levels. Click the link below, sign up for the appropriate tier level, and let's get you a strategy session today. And I promise you, I 100% guarantee you, promise you, that you will walk away with a heart full of gratitude for the time that we took for you because you got so much value out of that call. Schedule your strategy session today. I promise you'll be glad you did. Sign up for a strategy session at clubwealth.com slash strategy session. We are talking with Coach Monique Gilbert. She is a Club Wealth coach. Uh, she's a real estate agent closing 75 to 150 transactions a year. She's doing a ton of work with investors and with her sphere of influence. And we're going to show you exactly how you can do the same. So check this out. Monique is, what market do you serve from Monique? I know you're serving a fairly large area, but tell, tell us where you're at. Yep. So I am in the Great Lakes Bay area of Michigan. So kind of the middle of the mitten and all the way up the uh, the bay. You know, if I were to be a Michigander, we always get this map out, but all the way up here. So we uh, we have agents in about six counties here. So a pretty widespread area. Um, but my home base is the Great Lakes Bay, Saginaw Bay, Midland Gotcha. Okay. But now I can tell you from experience because I've got clients. Well, you and I have done a lot of business together indirectly and directly, interestingly. Uh, obviously, through Club Wealth, you're a Club Wealth coaching client, which is super cool. You're also a Club Wealth coach, uh, which is even better. And uh, you also are doing business with my daughter, uh, Madison. I know she's doing some loans uh, for you. She's got a company called Perfect Fit Loans, and she's handling some loans for you on another real estate coach with Club Wealth who's buying some investment properties from you there in Michigan. And frankly, she's very excited. I just had a conversation with her yesterday. Uh, she's And I actually had the conversations with both of them. They're both very excited. Both have expressed how professional you are, how good at finding these investment properties you are, how good you are at uh, you know getting that deal structured. And really... I just, I got to say, like, I'm I'm enamored. I'm excited. I want to know how you're doing it because, you know, you're doing so much business with investors. How is that different than working with a typical client? Well, so one of the things is, is that you always have to be alert. You can't miss out on anything. And you have to be looking at things from an investment perspective, which is going to be kind of different criteria than somebody who's looking for their perfect match in a home, right? And so they're going to be wanting to run the numbers. They're going to want to be seeing what the expenses are, what the uh, updates are going that are going to be needed, you know, what the, the return on the investment is. Um, and so it's is really is looking for, um, you know, different investors are going to have a different type of uh, typical property that they're looking for. And uh, but all of them are are in it right to um, to to provide a house for somebody that needs it. And also in the at the end of the day, you know, they need to be making money, not not spending more than they make. So um, looking at all of those aspects of the deal and getting the right purchase price, um, making sure it's it's in a place that we can get a, a great tenant 
uh, making sure that the, the taxes are not crazy um, and uh, that there's not any impending, you know, huge kind of maintenance that's that's needed. So, okay, so what do you provide? Oh, let's let's back up. First of all, how are you finding the investors you work with? And then I want to know, what are you providing them with? Like, you know, what kind of information are you giving them ahead of time so that when they're looking at a property, they can analyze it quickly and make a decision on, hey, this is one that I want to do. Well, so one of one of my lead sources is uh, where I'm I'm offering cash offer now uh, for people who are in distressed situations. Um, you know, sometimes life goes awry and people, uh, whether it's they've lost somebody or they're experiencing divorce or, you know, something bad has happened, they lost their job, whatever, they have to relocate on a moment's notice. Um, there might be situations that that people are looking for not necessarily the highest price as a seller, but looking to um they've got to offload their property and um, we are able to do that. And so I just have um, with having those advertisements, it has given me um, a base of properties that I come into contact with. And so then I can shoot those off to, um, you know, to somebody who might be interested in those or might be a property that I am able to purchase myself, um, you know, in, in rehab and either, use that as a rental or as a flip for, you know, for a new home buyer. Um, we have, we have a really big Google presence as well. And I've been in the business for about 16 years and, um, you know, doing up to 125 deals a year, you come into contact with a lot of people. And um, I, I have looked at uh, my sphere of influence as um, not just my sphere of influence, but also as possible investors. Uh, because I truly believe that there is no better investment than real estate. Um, and so I have been able to approach different people in my sphere of influence about investing in real estate, and they have had wild success with it. You know, some of them have become uh, landlords, and I also have a property management uh, company. Um, at your suggestions. I love it. I'm so excited about that. I can't <laughs> so even get to tell you. That, that is running great. So, you know, yeah. some of them have, have been become landlords over the last 15 years and other ones are, you know, financial investors in, in the homes where we're helping sellers, you know, do things to the houses that they would not be able to do and get a higher return um, uh, when they sell it. Um, or helping to, to purchase the investment properties um, from distressed sellers. Uh, all kinds of different ways and a, a lot of different needs that we can meet uh, from both the home sellers and from the investors point of view. Okay. So I want to dive deeper in this. And by the way, hi, Adam. And I appreciate that. Adam says great stuff, guys. Uh, we got Adam Rodriguez on watching uh, along with a bunch of other people. But what I, what I want to suggest is first of all, everybody that's on right now, we are following the comments on Facebook. So if you guys want to post your questions in the uh, comments on Facebook, we'll go ahead and we'll make sure they get answered. Uh, but Monique, I want to ask you something. I want to back up a step. Uh, first of all, you'd mentioned you were very strong on Google uh, and you're, I'm, I'm assuming by Google, are you talking pay-per-click or are you talking Google LSA? Both. So I, okay. I have, yeah. So I have found that um, Google pay-per-click is typically buyers uh, for me at, at least. And the Google LSA, I typically pick up more sellers. 
Okay. All right. And which, by the way, love that. And just a quick shout out. I know you've taken Nicole's class. We've got Coach Nicole Goodet out of of Louisiana. Uh, Coach Nicole does, oh my gosh, what? I want to say she's doing 10 listings a month just out of Google LSA uh, and just crushing it with that. Um, And she's got a program. She she does, in fact, this, this coming week, we have a done with you workshop in Seattle where we're teaching people We're it's not even just teaching. We literally sit down, they grab their laptops, they pull them out. And you did the workshop, if I remember right, didn't you, Monique? Did, did you do So I, I did my first uh, class with her when I first joined uh, Club Wealth. Um, it was like a week before the conference. And so I did it online and I took Nicole's class online and um immediately started implementing some of the stuff that she had. And I know that the, um, within, I don't know, the re- the remainder of that year I had, and that was, <laughs> that was what, in October, um, I had three deals that same year that closed because of that particular class. And so, you know, you could get lost in the world of Google. So it's been, it's been uh, really great having resources that I could learn from. Um, I never considered myself a techie person, but I can tell you, I, I know a hundred thousand times more than I ever thought I would know um, about technology. And, um, and I also think that one of my biggest strengths is finding people who know what I need to know. And in and linking up with them because you can't know everything. You can't, you know, have enough time in the day to be good at everything, even if you could learn it. Um, so a key part of business is finding the right partners. And um, and so I have found a lot of great partners along the way. Yeah, no, I, I, that's awesome. And Nicole is certainly one of them. For, and so I'm seeing uh, Michael was asking in the chat about, you know, more information about uh, the class. So there's there's a couple of things. First of all, Michael, there's the the class that gets taught at our big events. That's coming up in April. If you go to clubwealth.com forward slash LABC, that stands for Listing Agent Bootcamp, clubwealth.com forward slash LABC. Uh, that'll take you there. Uh, and Nicole teaches that Google LSA class at that event. It's always one of our most popular classes. Everybody freaking loves it. And you'll come out of there with enough to just really crush it right there from for Google LSA. Now, if you want to go more detailed and you want to kind of take it to the next level, you go to uh, clubwealth.com forward slash trace, T-R-E-S, and she will manage it on the back end for you on a monthly basis. She'll do all the ongoing stuff. Her team will do all the ongoing stuff that needs to be done to ensure that your GLS is dialed in. And then we've got the workshop in Seattle. And the workshop in Seattle is where you sit down, there's only like five to eight people in the room. And you've got your laptop out and Nicole is walking from desk to desk. And she is literally dialing in your Google. So she's saying, okay, click here, click there, put this in there, add this there. And within eight hours, you come out of there eight hours later, and it's all set up and it's ready to go. It's unbelievable. Uh, and so, yeah, Michael, definitely, if you want to be a listing agent, GLSA is one of those things you need to do. So that being said, Monique, I want to come back to the whole investor piece. And is it important with these investors, is it important that you are also an investor or do you feel that, you know, I mean, because obviously you've got, you've got experience as an investor. I'm sure that helps with these guys, but is it a prerequisite to work with the investors you work with that you're also investing in real estate? I don't think it's a prerequisite, but I do think that it has really helped me understand a multitude of different facets of 
things that are important in the world of investing, because I can say I have made mistakes along the way, um, you know, and uh, I'm always my best guinea pig. And so, and so um, you know, I, I have flipped, I, I would say, you know, I don't know, 30, 40 some, 40 some homes over the last several years. Um, and, and I have long-term rentals and short-term rentals myself. Um, and so certainly I have learned, uh, things that I would not have known as, uh, you know, for my investors. So I can know what to look for when I'm actually touring a home, when I'm actually looking, uh, for a home and, um, making sure that I know all of the different information, getting all of the, you know, the appropriate documentation from, from the seller so that we really know what's going on, you know, in the house, you get the wrong house or you get the wrong tenants that are under a lease can be a nightmare. And so just really making sure that um, my investors who are going to be landlords have all of the right information um, on the particular house and the tenants, if there are tenants in there, uh, and the upcoming maintenance. And then for my investors who flip properties, a key there, a lot of times, especially if somebody is just going into um, becoming uh, a flipper, so to speak, is things what we, we call ourselves, um, you can really lose a ton of money. And so the key to that is um, is knowing exactly where you need to buy and what you need to do to the house. And I am totally... Um, one of those people who believes in integrity and doing a great job. Um, I am not, you know, a Band-Aid flipper where I put fancy things on top. You know, what do they say? If you dress up a pig, it's still a pig. Okay, so that that's not my belief system. And so there are people that I that I won't work with. You know, I I don't want to work with people who aren't going to take care of, good care of their properties. And I don't want to work with people who are not um, going to do good work. Um, but I, I have been able to learn over, you know, the last decade, really, when I've been focusing on investing and that kind of thing on, you know, what it takes and what I need to look for. Um, and, and there's still always more to learn. So, <laughs> so let's, let's talk about this then. So, cause as an investor myself, I get really frustrated when agents and, and this happens all the time when agents will send you, or even, you know, wholesalers will send you, uh, you know, all just. It, wholesalers tend to wholesalers tend to actually be better at it than real estate agents do. I think in a lot of ways, in terms of the information they provide, because they know that uh, as a as a an, as an investor, I want an executive summary. I want succinct. I want you know. All right, give me the price. Give me the terms. Give me the ARV, so the after repaired value. If I have to do any work to it, give me the cost of repairs. If I'm going to have to do any repairs, tell me what this thing is going to rent out for on the open market and be accurate about your numbers so that I can quickly make an assessment on, am I even interested in exploring this property or not? And I really don't need a lot of information beyond that unless there's creative terms available, right? If there's creative terms available, if I can do a subject to or something like that, get in for less down, you know, maybe an owner contract, there's lots of incentives to do transactions actions like that, you know, it makes it, you know, anytime I can get in for less money down, that's a good thing. Uh, but at the end of the day, that succinct information is really important to me. And I, I just, I want to convey that because I think that so many agents, they want to just give everything. And it's just, 
for an investor, we don't want everything. We're not emotional about this. It's a transaction. It's a it's an investment. It's like buying a stock, right? It's show me the numbers. That's really all that matters. I don't care if it's blue. I don't care if it's red. I don't care if it's pink. I don't care. I don't care what it looks like. What I care about is, am I going to make freaking money on this thing? Yep. And I think that, you know, we, it's really critical as realtors in all aspects, not just investing, is that we know who our audience is, right? That we know who our client is and what's important to them. And even going into like uh, the personality profile. So you are obviously a very high D, you're a driver, you're no nonsense. You want it done. You want it done now. You just need that, you know, that critical little bit of information. And um, probably in the world of investing, that that is a big uh, portion of people. And so I think that we have to sometimes, depending on our own personality, um, you know, dial it in, do just like you said, get what are the main facts and that we need to have those before we send it to you. So that's something more that I'm, you know, that I'm learning in, in putting, um, you know, into like a data sheet so that I know all of the exact details so that I have all of those details when I send that over to you so that you can make those quick decisions. Because if there's something that's that's a really great deal, it's probably not gonna be here tomorrow. <laughs> well, that's just it. And that's to your point, you've got to make those decisions fast, right? We don't have time to mess around with those decisions. And we can't make those decisions if we don't have the right information. So it's really important that the agent gets us that right information as quickly and as succinctly as humanly possible uh, so that I can respond back with a, yep, I'm interested in this one or no, I'm not. And if I'm interested in it, write the freaking offer, right? Let's go. Like just, you know, just, you know, I'll tell you right then and there, here's the terms I want, just get the offer written. And this can't wait until tomorrow to your point, because a good deal is not going to be there tomorrow. If it's like, and, and by the way, I don't buy stuff if it's not a good deal. Again, I'm unemotional about the real estate I buy. It's a business. And I, I think truly that also as, as a realtor, if you're looking to provide properties for, uh, for an investor, it's a different process than looking for a homeowner. So, you know, we're so used to uh, setting up the saved search, so to speak, for, you know, a homeowner who has said that, you know, we need at least three bedrooms, we need a basement attached garage, and, you know, this is my must-have list. And we set up that search, and sometimes we can get lazy, right, because we have technology that that does all of the stuff for us, right? It's sending those people out those things, but it's not going to work that way for an investor, right? There, I don't have any investor who I'm going to set up on a on a home search and they're going to look at it every day and know whether or not that, you know, that property makes sense. Um, everything has to be investigated. So if you, if you have an investor who's looking for something, you need to be proactive. You need to do the home search and then you need to say, this might work. And then you need to collect all the data and then send it to, send it to your investor. It can't just be where gee, I've had this guy who's an investor and he said he's been looking for the last two years and I haven't sold him anything. Well, because he's probably Who's not. Is that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a different mentality. And, and as a realtor, we can, you know, we can certainly help them be very successful, but it's the realtor who is going to be proactive and start digging and finding those deals and being able to offer all of that information up front that's going to be successful in, in sealing that deal. You know, and, and okay, so we've got, first of all, yes, it's, I, I love what you said about agents being freaking lazy. Can I just tell you, 
if as an investor, that's one of my biggest frustrations is freaking lazy agents. The second is ignorant agents, right? When they don't understand what's going on, when they don't even understand their own paperwork. And dude, I got to tell you, those guys are just drive me nuts. Uh, and so it's really nice when I'm working with somebody like Monique here, Monique, you are professional. You dress properly. You know, you, you, you dress like you mean business, right? You show up, you deliver great service. You absolutely don't rely on technology to do your job for you. You use it as an enhancement to the, to the efforts that you're putting in. That's something that a lot is missed on a lot of agents. They just want to automate everything and make it as easy for themselves as possible. And they forget that, look, if as an investor, you got to understand my buy box. In other words, what are, what are the parameters around which I will buy a property? And then you got to go find some stuff. And when you find it, I'll buy it, right? And that's the way most investors are. They're, again, I keep pulling this emotion out of it. And I love Lisa's uh, comment. She's like, well, I appreciate your compassion, Monique. The deal is about the person, not the property. Uh, and, and, and I get that. For me, as an investor, Lisa, the deal is about the property. But the relationship, that's that's important, right? We always talk in Club Wealth about building relationships on trust, right? And I trust that when I'm doing a deal, a deal with Monique, Monique's going to find me the right property. She knows what I'm looking for. She's not going to put me in a neighborhood that sucks, right? Because I want to be in good neighborhoods. I want to be in good homes that I'm going to keep for a long time. I want to know that the numbers are going to work. And I want to know that she's going to be able to facilitate every step of this process, everything from, you know, finding the property to getting the, organizing the contractors, getting the work done, finding the tenants, all that. I want to know that she's going to handle this thing from soup to nuts for me. And she does. And that's the difference. That's why I want to work with somebody like Monique. Uh, and it makes my life as an investor easy. All I got to do is write a check. Like that's great because it doesn't take a lot of my time. I want her to put the time into it and to take care of all the details. And Monique, that's something that you do very, very well that so many agents don't. But that also brings us to another question. And the question is, why don't you just buy them all? If you're going to do all the work, if you're going to do all the finding the properties, finding the tenants, doing all the organizing, the contractors, all that stuff, if you're going to do all that, why don't you just buy them all yourself? And this is where we come to the reality of life. Go ahead, Noik. <laughs> well, I can certainly tell you that I have learned so many things over the last five years that if I could do the first 10 years of my real estate career over, uh, I would have done a lot of different, I, I would have done a lot of things differently. Um, one thing that I can say is that I have always put my clients uh, and their uh, needs and desires over, over my own, whether that be good or bad, you know, it, it, it depends on which side of the coin you're looking at. So, um, and it, Having to be really creative, so I have learned a lot of different ways of being creative about purchasing properties. Um, but you know, I I love finding stuff for other people. So, and there always hasn't been ways for me to be able to purchase every property that I want. And not every property is the kind of property that I want. So different, like I said, you know, investors have different kinds of things. They're looking for different kinds of things and properties, and some want them in places that I don't that I don't want to be. Um, some of them are looking in a in a completely different price point than maybe what I have been in uh, over the past you know 15, 16 years that I've been in real estate. Um, you know, and I and so I don't know. My personality is if I'm finding a, a deal. <laughs> I usually am giving it away. 
uh, I mean, I, I do buy, I do buy my own and, um, and typically what I buy for myself are, are distressed properties that need an incredible amount of work. And that is different than what most of my investors are looking for. Um, because I have the property management company and I have done so many flips, I have the people, um, at my disposal to do pretty much any kind of, any kind of, uh, contracting, construction, that kind of stuff. So um, I have, I guess, saved those for me where it's uh, like, you know, this winter I have a, a huge major project for for my next short-term rental that's uh, up on the Rifle River. Um, just bought that property, but I will be, you know, putting a new roof on it and I got to do some well repair. And then the inside needs an entire renovation. Um, however, when I get done with it, I'll have about a hundred thousand dollars in equity. Um, and most of my investors, unless they are looking to do flips, they're looking for properties that don't need a huge amount of maintenance, you know, ones that they are going to be able to, you know, we're going to be able to close and next month they're going to get a check. And so that might need some maintenance and, and we certainly have the team to do that. Um, but they're not necessarily looking for things that need a whole rehab. And that's where I'm at. You know, I don't want, my, my cap is about 10,000 bucks on a rehab, right? I just, I'm not really interested in buying stuff that needs more than 10,000 rehab. Now, does that limit me? And does that mean that I'm not going to be able to get such a good, you know, the kind of good deals that you're getting where you're going to walk away with, you know, after doing the work, you're going to have another hundred thousand in equity. Yeah, that definitely does. But what it does for me is it frees up something that for me is more important at this stage of my life, which is my time, right? To, and my bandwidth, because I've only got so much bandwidth for all the businesses I've got going on and all the properties that we've got going on all this that said one of the things too so that's so you've got all of those factors have an impact but i think that it's also lost on people that real estate agents even great ones like monique don't necessarily have the bandwidth to buy every great deal they find heck i don't have the bandwidth to buy every great deal i find right that's why i partner with people right where i go out i find the properties and i i uh, you know buy you know i i manage the whole process of 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 buying the property and doing all the uh, the work that needs to be done on it finding the tenant managing the tenant i do everything invest you know my my partners put up the money and i do all the work and we split the profits because the reality is I don't have the bandwidth to, to buy as many great deals as I can find. And Monique, I would suggest that you're probably in that same boat. Is that right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I would love to say that I had all the money in the world to go out and buy properties, but that definitely is not the case. I mean, I, I'm in a different situation than I was five years ago or 10 years ago, uh, most definitely. But I know that my first investment properties uh, that I was flipping, I was the one running all the power tools, right? So <laughs> there's not a power tool I don't know how to use. And so I I have a lot of things that I can do. Um, but, you know, as, you're, as you evolve, unless your actual career is being that tradesperson, right, that, that you are wanting to do flips and you're doing it all yourself, if, if that's your passion, you know, that's great. I can find you some houses. Yeah. Um, but you know, what I, when I was flipping, uh, I think my biggest year where I was flipping and I was the actual, one of the main workers and I was also the project manager. Um, we did six in one year and that what I discovered was that if I, if I could sell a couple more houses as a realtor, 
I would make as much money in much less time than what I was doing as that contractor, right? Yep. And so then I, I kind of got a shift where now I'm still the project manager, right? I still am going to walk into that house and I'm going to tell my lead guy, these are all of the things that I want and I'm going to go and I'm going to pick out, you know, the cabinets and, and the countertops and the floors and all of that kind of stuff. And then I have my guy that I trust that's going to go and do all of that. Right. Yeah. And so uh, he makes money. I make money and voila, everybody's happy. Somebody gets a beautiful new home that would not have been able to have that home before. So, um, or, uh, or for a tenant, you know, it just all depends on the property if I keep it or if I sell it. But um, yeah, I, I'd love to have, you know, all of the money in, in the world to buy anything that I wanted, but that hasn't happened yet. Well, yeah, you get there. Let's <laughs> keep it up, especially at the rate you're going. But, you know, I, I love what you're saying because I think so many agents think, oh, well, I've just got to go be flipping houses and blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to go do all the work on them and all this stuff. And you really have to take a step back and ask yourself, where am I getting the highest return on my time? It's not just about the highest return on my money, but where am I getting the highest return on my time? And the, I had the same epiphany that you did, right? Back in, you know, 30 years, two years ago when I got into real estate, you know, I, my first couple of rental properties, I went in, I did a whole bunch of work myself. I was doing, you know, and I, I get caught up in that, right? I'm, I find I'm doing that around this place here, you know, this cabin tear and I have in the woods, you know, I've been enjoying building out. I built out a closet downstairs and I'm doing little, little projects here, here and there that kind of bring me joy, but that's not where I make my money. I'm just doing that because it brings me joy. I don't do that on my investment properties, right? On my investment properties, I let somebody else do that stuff because I get paid a lot more when I go to work and I sell real estate or I, you know, for me, it's when I coach real estate agents and I teach them how to do this stuff uh, or I'm coaching real estate investors. It's where, it's where I'm doing those things that I'm making more money than I can if I'm out with a hammer and nail. And so, and I think for most agents, I think that would, you know, I, I think that's the same for most, not all, but most agents. If you really look at it, you're going to make more money by paying somebody to do that. Even if you're paying them 50, 60 bucks an hour uh, to do that work, you're still making more money in your real estate business. If you're doing it right, you should be making, you know, two to $600 an hour and more selling real estate than, you, and that's a lot more than you can make swinging a hammer. So what, what advice would you give to agents that are considering uh, getting involved in working with investors, Monique? Well, I would say that they need to look through their CRM if they have one, which I hope they do. And I know there's way too many agents that don't uh, keep track of all of the people that they know. But, you know, that's how, that's how I started. That is how I found the money to start buying investment properties for myself. I didn't spend any of my own money, um, but also looking in my in my previous clients um, and in my sphere and finding out who might want to be, uh, you know, an investor. Who can I help make money um, by uh, by purchasing investment properties? And so that's really is where I started. And then it's just kind of grown as um, I've been doing it longer and longer and and people find me um, because I, I don't know, for, <laughs> because I have a presence because I've been around and, and, um, and have worked with so many people and also having the Google presence and having the right keywords in there um, and then being able to do the advertisements for, you know, for the cash offers um, brings 
a lot of sellers to me that are in the areas that are attractive for, you know, for investors. And, you know, in, investing is is one portion of my business. Um, and it's definitely is one that I've, I have personally focused on um, more in the last couple of years, because I truly believe there is no better retirement than real estate. There's no better investment for real estate. And so who are those people in my life that I, I want to help be financially secure when, uh, you know, when everything's said and done. Um, so yeah, be, being present on Google, um, being present on social media and, um, digging through that CRM of all those people that have been sitting in your database for, you know, years and finding out, you know, picking up that phone, Hey, would you be interested in great? I'm going to find something for you. Um, and then you have to go out and do, you know, go out and do the work. And it's, like I said earlier, it's a little bit different than, than the typical work, right? It's not just setting up a home search. It's doing a search and, and ferreting out those, those good deals. All right. So let's shift gears. First of all, I agree with everything you just said. And I would, I would finally add to that my, you know, my, my final word on, on working with investors or investment real estate as a real estate agent is number one, be your own best client. I'm going to recommend to every real estate agent that's watching this, that you guys, you need to buy some of that stuff you keep selling. Uh, because the reality is real estate as a business is going to help you earn the active income that you will then go invest in real estate. And when you invest that in real estate, and I'm not talking about flipping here, again, flipping is active income, right? That's income that you then use to buy and hold real estate long-term. And that's where you build real wealth. Uh, but it takes time, right? It's it's not wait to buy real estate. It's buy real estate and wait, right? And uh, so I'm going to suggest that everybody watching definitely do that. And uh, now I want to shift gears to sphere of influence because Monique, you're doing a lot with your sphere of influence. You're getting a lot of business by referral. How are you doing that? And you know, teach us what can real estate agents do right now to duplicate that success that you're having with your sphere? Well, I would say right now uh, it is super critical because we're in a weird market. I mean, let's face it, we had a, a craziness flurry during uh, during all of COVID and it was just like a free for all, right? If you were showing up, you were probably selling houses. And um, and now people with, with transactions down, so not necessarily prices aren't down, but the number of transactions are down. In our market, my closest market, we're down about 21%. Um, my neighboring markets were down anywhere between 28 and 32% so far for the number of transactions. And, um, you know, realtors, a lot of them are afraid, where's my next check coming from? How am I going to eat? Well, the reality is, is that it's in your database of your sphere of influence. So when I started, um, when I started in real estate, I started in an area that I knew no one. I didn't know anyone. And so I, but one of the things that I did right was keeping track of every single person that I ever talked to. So, you know, my church directory went into my CRM, my entire tennis club that went into my CRM, everybody I had ever invited to a high school graduation party or my kids' weddings or whatever, they went into my CRM. Um, and the key is that these are free leads right? These are free. This is, they're the, they're the least expensive, um, highest return, um, possible deals for you. And so, um, 
one of the things that I love to do is I love to write. So over the years, I had a very consistent uh, blog that I would do bi-monthly. Um, and people love to see the personal side of you and the professional side. So when you're working with your sphere of influence, um, you always want to make sure that you're on top of mind, because I think it's anywhere between eight and 12 realtors that the, the average American knows, right? So um, when the event comes up for them, you want them to think about you. And so being able to stay in touch with them by giving them um, a real estate related blog every month and a personal uh, story every month um, that sometimes tied real estate into it because I love to travel. And so I can always bring um, real estate into a fun adventure kind of thing when I'm writing to people. Um, setting people up on a, on a market update so that they know every month what's happening with, you know, in their neighborhood. Um, picking up the phone and, and calling them and checking in, sending text messages, um, and having appreciation events for those people in your sphere, you know, who have been, have been clients, uh, giving them a time to come and chat with you, or even gives you a reason to be on the phone if you, uh, you know, if they can't come. Um, but really it's, you know, I think that so often as realtors, we are out on the hunt for the next lead so much. We're out looking for the next shiny object and what is going to bring me money. And in reality, what's going to bring you money are the people that you know. Yep. And so at, at, um, at one point in my business for, I would say the last three years before I started at Club Wealth, uh, when I was doing as an individual agent, I had about 77% of my deals every year were referrals from previous clients or repeat uh, clients. And I was doing 50, 60, 65 deals a year, and 77% of those people were free. They were free deals because they were just um, people recommending me because everybody knows somebody who's selling real estate. Right. Some everybody knows somebody who needs a realtor at, at any given moment in time. And so if you are giving them things of value and you are being real with them um, and sharing uh, your life and, and your expertise and that kind of thing and giving them valuable information, they'll remember you and they'll send you business. But don't be, don't forget to ask about it. Um, but you have to know the right time. You know, I'm not going to call anybody up on the phone that I haven't talked to in six months and say, hey, do you know anybody who's buying or selling? Dude, that's terrible. I hate it when agents do that. You know, And then yeah. they use some cheesy script like, you know, they, they have this great conversation with them. And then they, at the very end, they use that cheesy. Oh, by the way, if you were thinking of buying or selling a home or had a friend or family member who was, do you have a realtor you'd refer them to? And I just think, God, that is so self-serving. And what you just told that person is, Hey, the real reason why I called you was to get money out of you, right? And what you're doing, Monique, is you're building real relationships on trust. You're taking the time, effort, and energy necessary. You're picking up the phone. You're having conversations with them. You're caring about them. You're doing it a very different way than a lot of agents do it. I think a lot of agents, they look at their sphere as a cash register, and they need to look at it, at it as, as, a, as a love bank, for lack of a better term, right? I mean, it's it's you know, relationships that you pour yourself into that, that sure, they'll spit out business eventually, but that's not why you pour yourself into them. You pour yourself into them because you want to have great relationships and the money just follows. Does that make sense? Yeah. And um, 
you know, people, people recognize sincerity, you know, so one of the things that I do, like our, our team is getting ready to write handwritten, uh, you know, cards and, um, you know, for the, for the holiday season. And I send out handwritten cards for every home versary for every client that I have ever had. Um, and people will post it on Facebook because how often do we get something in the mail? Like I always say, um, my, my mailman must hate me because I hardly ever get the mail because the only thing in it is junk or bill. And so when we get something that's authentic, you know, when you're updating your CRM, make sure that you, you put who your client's kids are, uh, put, if you know when their birthday is or their, their anniversary or anything that I, I like to figure out somewhere along the way when I'm working with people, what is a passion of theirs? right? Is there, are they uh, an insane dog lover or are they a, a hiker? Keep track of that, that information because it really helps you be sincere um, and be more personal with people. Um, but it, the information doesn't do you any good if you're not out there doing, <laughs> if you're not right. communicating. And, um, you know, and I, I do think people can tell integrity and sincerity um, versus salesy. And I am, you know, I, I sell a lot of houses, but I am, I don't see myself as a salesperson. Yeah. No, you're just facilitating people's needs. You're helping solve their problems. You're, you're being there for the way they need you to show up. Yeah. And by the way, on that whole note, you know, I love what you're doing. You've kept it simple. You're doing your client events. You're making phone calls to your clients. You're doing personal handwritten, personal notes to your clients. What I'm not hearing is that you're dropping off recipes and, and uh, on their door and pumpkins on their doorstep on a regular basis. Is that, is that right? I have done stuff like that and sometimes it will just hit me. So, you know, I, um, it's not a super regular thing with me. Um, but sometimes, uh, so let's say I was up in Traverse City, where here in Michigan is a huge tourist town with lots of beaches, water, all of outdoor kinds of things. And they have all of these cool shops. And I have a previous client uh, who I see on Facebook all of the time who is constantly grilling. Like even in the dead of winter, he's grilling. And I walked by a little shop and it was all sauces. Like it was an entire store full of sauces. And I thought of him. And so I picked up a couple bottles of really random sauces that you would not find where we live. Um, and I did drop them off on, on the porch, you know, with a note, but that's not, you know, it's not necessarily what I do on a regular basis. Um, probably some people are better at it than me or have good luck at it. Um, but I, you know, I guess it's more if, if I see an inspiration, I do that versus handing out something that is generic. I don't. That's what I love because it's really specific to that person. You're you're doing it because it matters to that person. And, And that's what I'm talking about. That's, that's how you build a relationship on trust. So good for you, Monique. I love it. I love everything you're doing there. We've only got a couple of more, uh, more minutes, by the way, I see that Jason O'Keefe, who I believe is your coach. Is that right? Uh, Is Jason your coach? He just became my coach. Yes, yesterday was our first coaching call. Oh, fantastic. So Jason's watching right now, by the way. And Jason, by the way, you're welcome to log in. You sh- I should. Uh, we need to start doing this. You know what we need to do, Monique? I, I think this would make for, for a really interesting podcast. I think what I want to do is I want to start having 
are coaches on with me interviewing their clients. Wouldn't that be fun? Ah. I think I think that would be, I think that would make for a much more interesting podcast because, you know, like Jason, he's going to know more about what's going on in the inner workings of your business than I will. Uh, and so, and you'll know more about the inner workings of your clients' uh, businesses than I will. And you can ask them better questions than I can to really pull some of those great things out. Uh, anyway, that being said, we got just a couple more minutes. And I know that you had a couple of questions for me. So I want to make sure that I get, gave you the opportunity to ask those before we uh, get to our next guest. Uh, Lynn, yeah. Coach so, so one of them is a, is a, just a little bit more of a fun kind of question. And I'm going to ask that one first and you may have to think on it for a second, but I want to know what your most embarrassing client mess up was that actually turned out to your advantage. So I, I know as agents, sometimes things go awry. Um, so have you ever had something that you did that was really embarrassing or off base or was a mistake that you were able to turn around and end up landing the deal and them loving you? <laughs> That's actually a really, here's the thing. I mean, I'm sure I've made lots and lots of mistakes. Um, the, the question is, which mistakes have I made that ended up working out? I'm trying, man, I just, I can't, I can't think of one off the top of my head. What I can, what I can tell you is that I've, I've certainly had scenarios where I've gotten off on the wrong foot with a client and ended up, you know, that we end up doing business and it ends up being a great relationship and those types of things. Um, you know, I've, I've had, I, I had a real estate agent uh, and, and I don't, rem I don't I remember their name off the top of my head, but I remember I had a real estate agent once that came to me, they were having to do a short sale on their house. And it was, and so they, there was no advantage to them to handling their own listing. And so they listed it with me because they knew I did a lot of short sales and I was kind of the short sale expert at the time. And uh, so I, I listed their house, I got it sold. Uh, there were bumps in the transaction. It's a short sale, right? Of course there were bumps in the transaction, but I believe he was able to stay in that home for almost three years without paying his mortgage. And turns out he ended up really being appreciative of that. And, and has consistently said very nice things about me on social media ever since. And, uh, and I'm just, I'm grateful for two things. One, I'm just, I'm grateful for that relationship that, 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 that worked out well, uh, but two, I'm, I'm really grateful that he got the outcome he needed, right? He got to spend a lot of time in that property without having to make that payment and was able to get himself back on his feet. Uh, he had come through a pretty rough situation, uh, you know, a divorce and just all kinds of all the stuff that goes along with that, which is very commonly very messy. And, uh, and it worked out okay for him. And, and so that, that felt good. I, I appreciated that. So I don't know if that's quite the, the exactly what you were looking for, but it made me think of that. Well, and I think that it's an important aspect. So of that, sometimes things um, it, it brings to mind some a situation we just had where one of my agents worked her behind off on uh, on this lead source on a seller that we were supposed to list, and there were so many, so many things that went awry. There were all title issues and all kinds of crazy, uh, you know, things happening in the family and with the estate and all kinds of stuff and um, put hours and hours and hours of time into it. And, uh, and now we can't list it um, until all of this title stuff is, is done. But what I have, and, and it's super frustrating for the agent, right? But what I have found is that sometimes when we're authentic and we give our time that those people, even though they couldn't transact, <clears throat> they're going to refer people to you. They're going to be your biggest cheerleader. 
they're going to give you so much business down the road. And so we can't, we have to make sure that we're doing our best to take care of people because even if we can't make their dream come true right then, they will be a cheerleader for us. <laughs> You're right about that. You know, it's it's interesting. And I think that really, again, comes down to honesty and sincerity, right? I mean, if you're just really honest with people and really sincere and you work your tail off for them, whether it works out okay or not, they're going to understand, you know, and, well, let me rephrase, the right ones are going to understand. The right ones are going to appreciate it, right? There's certainly those people that are going to be jackhole and they're not the kind of people we want to work with anyway. Uh, but the people that matter, they're going to they're gonna get it. They're going to understand it. And so... Good stuff. Uh, Monique, we've got time. Well, actually, we're just, we're actually technically out of time. I got to bring Linda on here. Hold on one second. In fact, let's do this. I'm going to bring Linda on okay. while you ask your next question. Hold on one second. Let's get All her. Right. We're going to, we've got coach Linda Welsh is joining. So, us. Well, coach Linda Welsh will also be great for this question because I know that she deals a lot in luxury. So she one of my. She is amazing with luxury. So see, Linda, go ahead and turn your camera on. We're going to, we're going to let you join us here. How are you? Coach Linda Welsh in Austin, Texas. Check out. Hi. Yeah. So, uh, so my question uh, was, was how, if you were, so I'm in an area where our average price point is like 150,000. Okay. Which in most areas of the country is unheard of. You have to do a lot of deals to make money. Um, obviously we have communities that are higher than that price point. Um, so if you were talking to an agent who wanted to move into the higher price point areas, what would you have them do in their business in order to be able to break into those neighborhoods and those specific areas that are higher price point than what the average is? Linda, let's well, have you answer it first and then I'll go. Okay, first of all, I'm gonna tell you that uh, that I remember um, the very, very top agent in our in our area. And I remember what he did and I thought it was kind of brilliant, but it's not gonna probably be what Michael's gonna say and it's not gonna be what everybody's gonna wanna do. He did everything he could do to get those first listings, everything. And if that meant cutting commissions or whatever, that's what he did. And he even, he even his tagline in the beginning was, I sell houses I can't afford to live in, which is kind of, you know, it's kind of, you know, feels very vulnerable to say that but he had he created a persona that that people really were attracted to and he did fun things and he got involved in in community events and and philanthropy and all of that and he gave back and then he became the number one agent in the area and and now you know he he just built like a 10 million dollar house i mean he just sold a 4 million dollar house but he built like a 10 million dollar house um i would say you you need to have them probably at least offer to go do open houses for anybody in those areas because he needs to be visible or she and needs to know everything that they can about the neighborhood. When you do the open houses, invite everybody in the neighborhood and then ask them questions about the neighborhood because you need to find out the little things, the little things about the HOA, the little things about the parks, the little things about your favorite restaurants, all of those things, and then uh, either create a Facebook page or or um, or a video channel about that area. So they just need to dive in headstrong and be confident. 
Yeah, I love my Michael. Uh, Michael is in the chat in the comments here in Facebook is uh, echoing your your sentiment there, Linda. He says, "LOL, ain't that what we're all doing? Working with houses we can't afford to live in." I love it. So you know, and and Linda, I think I, I do. I do like what you said. What I would what I would add to that the the component that I think you just kind of touched on that I think needs to be a more major component is if if I were in an area and I'm gonna I'm gonna have this conversation with Austin here in a little bit. In fact, uh, somebody tag Austin Hellickson in the chat. I want to make sure that he hears this, um, or in the uh, Facebook comments there. But uh, but I'll tell you this. Here's what I think you need to do. If I'm an if I'm a new agent or if I'm an agent in an area and I want to break into luxury, the very first thing I'm gonna do is I'm going to contact every single agent that has a luxury listing i'm going to ask them if if it would be okay with them if i did some marketing for that listing uh and at no cost to them at no cost to their sellers um i'd even be willing to pay them a referral fee if i were able to find a buyer through that marketing i'd be happy to pay them a referral fee because they allowed me to do this and then what i would do is i would go do a video of every single one of those houses that I could get into and do it. I, I would become like, there's, I, there's a guy here who just did that. And, and he's, he's new to the business and he does very long videos, very detailed. And he spends yep. a good deal of time editing them, but, um, but it's brilliant. And he's yeah. immediately made a name for himself. Now I can't say personally how many deals he's gotten off of it. But, um, but you know, that's a, a, that's a great way to do it. Oh, absolutely. And so, but here's the thing, you can't just leave it at that. Right. I mean, I think that's huge. I think that would really make a big difference. But then what happens is I think when you combine that with, I'm calling every expired, every FISBO, every canceled, every, you know, I'm, I'm following up with phone calls and marketing, and then I'm also farming those areas. And what I would do is I'd go door to door in all those luxury areas. And I, and I would, I would enroll people in my channel, right? I'd say, Hey, now, how would you like to see the inside of the house, uh, you know, down the street without even having to go, you know, walk over and go through an open house? Tell you what, why don't you just go ahead and just go to my YouTube channel and here's here's where it's at. I'll give you the link, subscribe to it. And any new houses that come on the market in here, I'm going to be the first one to video those. I'm going to make sure they're on my channel so you can see those as well. Uh, and then, of course, do the open houses and all the other stuff. So, yeah. And if you get two to three of those under your belt. Um, listings or sales, whether you're representing a buyer or a seller, you need to you need to leverage that as much as you can. In in fact, what we did is was we have a a link. A, we we went and bought a domain, a separate domain called LindaWelshHomes.com, and when and I selectively use that only when I know I'm talking to somebody that has an expensive home, and I say for a quick peek at some of the homes that we've sold click here and what it does it is it has the um the videos or the or the um you know the all the photos of the homes that we've sold starting at the very highest price price point and there's no cost to that it i just keep them active in the system and they get to see those those videos over and over and over again and it's just it's it's proof it's yeah. proof to them That's and whether exactly. or not you do it in, in print yeah whether or not you do it in print or you do it um on video you know people need to see that and by the way, I love what Adam just said in the chat. Adam Rodriguez says, open houses has brought me an easy six figures in a year. Definitely agree with the breakthrough strategy. I love it, guys. This is great stuff. Monique, I want to be respectful of your time. So do me a favor really quick before I forget, for people that want to get in touch with you, for people that would like to, hear, you know, to maybe even talk with you about investing in your area, because honestly, guys, 
if you're looking for a great market to invest in and you're looking for an agent that knows that market, knows how to work with investors and has the ability to find deals that actually cash flow, which is very tough to do in most markets in the country right now, but Monique can find those in hers. I know because I've got coaches at Club Wealth that have purchased homes. I've got one that's buying two from her right now and using my daughter Madison for their loans. Uh, so I will tell you this. You need to get in touch with Monique. Uh, and even if all you want to do is just pick her brain on how to do this stuff, Monique, how would they get in touch with you? Yep. So, um, well, you can message me here on Facebook, Monique Gilbert, or my uh, team page is Monique Gilbert's Team Matchmaker. And, uh, or you can reach me by phone, which is 989-475-2958. And we do have lots of deals, you know, for investors. And we also have great strategies and leads and systems for any realtors who are looking for a new home because we do, uh, we are looking to add about three or four more people in the next couple months to our team here. And I'll tell you right now, if you're an agent in the area and you want to grow and you want to be able to have a great career and you don't want to have to deal with all the landmines and making all the mistakes and you want to, you know, avoid as many of those pitfalls as possible and just take the fastest path to cash, get in touch with Monique. I mean, join her team. Seriously. She'll take care of you. She'll make sure that, look, if you can't be successful on her team, if you fail on her team, it's your fault. I mean, let's just call it what it is. You suck at that point, right? Sorry, no offense, but you're either lazy or you suck or something if you can't succeed on her team so if you're not lazy and you don't suck join her team you'll make a ton of money you'll have a great career monique thank you so much for being all on right call. thank you michael for having me you bet all right we'll talk to you soon thanks buddy right. right. we're gonna move forward with coach linda welsh uh and again coach linda um is uh in austin texas she's the queen of austin texas guys no joke uh and linda look i just love you you're one of the classiest women i know uh classiest people i know i should say and uh i gotta tell you you know it's funny I, I, i'm gonna take a little story about linda and then we're gonna go into some details on how she's doing her business how come she's able to do so much luxury you know what it is that it takes to be successful in that arena uh, but i gotta tell you a little story so i was i was down there doing some events and I'll tell, I'm going to tell you two stories about Linda. So first of all, I was doing these events down in, in uh, Austin, Texas, and actually all over Texas. And Linda in one week came to three events that I did. They were three half day events. All three events were the exact same event. They were three hour event each. And she drove a long ways, actually got a hotel room one night to stay at a hotel so she could go to the event the next day. I mean, Linda was a trooper, went to all these classes, and on the third class, which was in, uh, I think that was in Houston, in the third class that I did, I looked, there's Linda in the front row taking notes like crazy on the information that she's already heard twice in the last two days. Well, she's I think you could take that a couple of different ways. It could be I'm a slow learner. <laughs> I don't mean that at all. In fact, I mean quite the opposite. My whole point behind this is the most successful people are the greatest learners. The most successful people are are professional students, and I don't. I'm not talking about the professional students where you know they spend their life in college and they never, you know, in academia and they never get anywhere. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about Linda is a constant learner of those things that are going to help her succeed in her business and in her life, and she's absolutely persistent and tenacious about gathering the knowledge that she knows that she needs to have to get to that next level. That's one story. So the second story I want to tell you is, and, you know, and by the way, that's paid well for her. Right. And now the second story is, 
that I was having lunch with Linda one day at this country club that she belongs to. And let me just tell you, this country club is so exclusive. I wanted to pay for the meal. And they looked at me like I was crazy. They're like, I don't think you understand how it works here. You don't get to pay Linda. We'll, we'll take her money, but your money is no good here. So sorry. I'm like, wow, I'm not even good enough to give him my money. That's how high, high end this freaking, this, 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 uh, this resort or, or country club was, I was, I was pretty impressed and the food was great and the company was even better. But uh, that being said, Linda Welsh, Thank you so much for taking time to be on the podcast on Club Wealth TV with us today. And uh, so tell us really quick. And by the way, those of you that are watching, uh, if you haven't already done so, give us a like, give us a follow, uh, comment in the chat. I want to know what are your questions for Linda and what would you like to learn about breaking into luxury and succeeding in luxury? And Linda, what are you going to be sharing with us today? Well, um, several things. I, they asked me to bring some questions about lead sources and recruiting tactics and things of that sort, and then questions for you. Um, but first of all, I wanted to say that you know we sell homes in all price points. So um, obviously, it's it's nice to get the paycheck when an expensive home sells. And I find that um, I'm really attracted to entrepreneurs and people that are moving here who are self-made and uh, especially, you know, trust fund people are great to have in your portfolio. But on the other hand, you know, if they haven't earned it, they usually don't spend it wisely and they're not as much fun to be around. So I really, really like self-made people and people who who have businesses. So um, I'm attracted to that. And, and that's probably one reason why um, I, you know, my coaching clients tend to be people who, who really are, um, entrepreneurial and a lot of them, you know, even start their own companies or have other businesses. So I'm all about multiple streams of income as well. So love that. So, okay. So let's touch on the multiple streams of income thing really quick here, because this is one that's I'm fairly passionate about it, What I struggle with is, you know, a new agent in the business is coming up through the business or even somebody that's, you know, in tier one, tier two, maybe even tier three. And they're thinking, oh, I got to have all these different multiple streams of income. And I'm like, dude, you're not even good at the one yet. Like get good at that first. What, what are your thoughts on that? I 100% agree. I, you know, I, I can't tell you the number of times somebody said to me, oh, how would you like to be involved in solar or Bitcoin or whatever it is. And so, no, no, I don't ever want my clients to think she's not focused on her business. I, I want to make sure they know that this is my lane, but there are related things that people can be involved in. And I choose not to do some of those things. And some of it is because of where we are in our business and everything. If I was, maybe if I was 20 years younger, I'd want to get in the, that lane. For, uh, for instance, I don't really want to be in property management. We tried it for a nanosecond and did not do it, but I was an auctioneer for 15 years. I just gave it up a couple of years ago, actually after I joined Club Wealth, um, because I just wasn't speaking to my heart anymore. But we made a lot of money in it. And we were in it during the last great recession. And we sold entire subdivisions. We sold luxury. We sold commercial. We sold entire neighborhoods. Um, platted and unplatted. We we and we we sold to people who said, I'll never buy at auction and then they were competing with other national buyers. So I, I sold 18 Burger Kings in one day. It was an 11 hour auction where wow. we had bankruptcy court. We had, we had um, all, we had every bidder in the room was from another country, by the way, every one of them. And at the end of the day, they came up, the ones that did not win, which were almost all of them came up and thanked me 
for a really good auction. And that said, I thought, wow, this is amazing. Most people I know probably would have said, well, heck with you. You know, I spent all this time here. I didn't get anything. I was really blown away by, um, by how classy they were and, and cooperative. So um, I, I love, you know, picking what you're really good at and, and, and then making sure that you follow it long enough to make sure that you give it a chance. And that goes for everything, whether it's lead generation, lead referral services or whatever, give it six months to 12 at least before you make any determination on whether or not it works. Um, and then, you know, evaluate if, if not only if you feel comfortable in it, but if you're making money at it and if it's giving you a certain return for your efforts and your time and your money. You know, and that's really interesting you say that. I, I love, first of all, I got to, let me stop. Let me, let me come back. I got to come back to the, the Burger King thing. 18 Burger Kings, you sold 18 Burger Kings at auction in one day. I got to tell you, that's a whopper of a day, right? Sorry, I couldn't yeah. resist that. Couldn't yeah. uh, pass up the I also did a multi-par auction in a hotel ballroom with a huge screen where every single bidder had their own pattern and color of bidding. And each, each if somebody bid on a certain number of, lots or whatever they somebody else could bid on one portion of that and it bumps their entire bid out so an, a previous bid can come forward it's really fascinating wow yeah and and in most that states of the country you have to be licensed to be an auctioneer but if you're going to auction real estate in most states you have to have your real estate license and your auction license but if you're not an auctioneer and you want to auction real estate you have to go hire an auctioneer to do that in a, in a licensed state very interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, but here's the thing. When it came to the, so first of all, I, I love that you had success in that and then made the decision that, you know what, I really want to focus on my real estate sales business. I'm going to go ahead and step away from that piece. But you still open to the multiple streams of income. Now, when we talk about multiple streams of income, I agree with you. I, I think that, you know, they need to be ancillary to the business you're already running and as opposed to adjacent to or completely separate from the business that you're really in as your core business, uh, because it can be such a distraction. And until you're doing your business at a high level, I think it's a bad move for most people to go try and do multiple streams of income. That being said, the one stream of income I would suggest that everybody should be going after is they need to be buying and holding real estate long term. Right. Uh, yeah. And, and that's one thing that I just I cannot say enough times. And especially those of you that are real estate agents, it's crazy to me that, you know, you're not buying real estate yourselves. Now, I know you are, Linda, and I know others are. But here's what I'm going to recommend. Whatever tier you're in. You need to buy at least one uh, home per tier that you're in. So if I'm in tier one, I'm doing zero to 25 transactions a year. Well, guess what? I should be buying one house a year. If I'm if I'm tier two and I'm doing 25 to 75 houses a year, then I need to be buying two houses a year because I'm in tier two and so forth all the way up to tier seven. And buy and hold, not, not buy and flip. Generally buy and hold. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. And, because and, and evaluating what that return on your income and, and the more diversified you can be in that, the less you're going to worry about when you have something that's empty for a couple of months. So, and uh, I, I do think it's going to be interesting because I think there are going to be some opportunities in the next couple of months as taxes are due. And there seems to be in, in a lot of cases uh, from what we're seeing here and what we've talked to other agents about is there's a little bit of a downward push on rental prices at the moment because of the people that, that can't sell. They're putting their properties on the market for rent. And I think that uh, there will be some investors who will say, hey, I'm going to sell something. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to sell my either my least profitable or we're going to put three or five of these on the market. Whichever one sells first, we'll yank the other two or four off. 
So I think there are going to be some opportunities there for those that uh, can jump in and pick up some great rental properties and maybe do, a, you know, slap the lipstick on the pig, more or less, you know. Get <laughs> we were it. just talking about that with Monique. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, get get it get it uh, a little more marketable because sadly a lot of people who especially those who manage their own properties don't take professional photos. Um, they don't virtually stage. So take photos of those properties when they're empty, virtually stage them, because you're going to use those photos over and over and over again. And it's it's ridiculous not to make it look as good as you possibly can. Yeah, it's really interesting to say. I'm glad you brought that up because that's true. That's one of the things that I have not done a good job of. I need to get better at is, you know, doing professional photography on the houses that I, you know, the rentals that I currently own, whether it's long or short term yeah, and short term, especially, oh my gosh, if you're going to own a short term rental and you don't have professional photography, holy cow, that is like, that, yeah, spend that's 120 like, bucks. You're going to use those photos for the next 12 years. Yeah. And you'll stand out because how many STRs don't have professional photos on Airbnb or VRBO or whatever. Uh, and so, yeah, no, I, I love that. I think professional photography is very important. I think floor plans, you know, it's interesting. Everybody wants to see floor plans. How many times specific to STRs and rental properties you hear for you hear when studies are done on purchasers, they always say they want to see the floor plan, but how often do you see people promote a floor plan as part of a rental or a short, whether it be long-term or short-term? Yeah. If you can include it in the photos, it's great. Um, yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of the Matterport style only because it kind of makes me dizzy sometimes, but I like yeah. the regular floor plans. And, uh, and if you can, if you virtually stage them, Hey, I've got, I've got a resource that costs us, um, it, at the least $15 a photo. So you can, you can do six or eight photos for 15 bucks a piece and you've got them forever. So is that box brownie? Uh, no, actually this one is called style Dodd. It's $25 a photo, I think for, um, up to four maybe. And then it drops to like $15 a photo. So, so say that again, style dot. Style dot S T Y L D O D. You send the them the photos, you send them the style you want, whether or not it's contemporary or modern or traditional or whatever. And they put the furnishings, the, the photos, the, the, the wall art, the, the lamps, everything in there. They do a really good job. Really? That's great. That's a great tip. I love that. Okay. So uh, that being said, let's back up a step. Let's talk about lead sources. Let's, let's go into what are Linda's best lead sources? Let's hear it. Okay. Um, number one for uh, lead sources are um, open houses. Mm-hmm. So, so I, and, and I'm, I'm doing my own open houses, depending on, I always do the first open houses for my listings. My agents can do them afterwards, but I'll always do the first ones. I think my clients kind of expect that anyway, but I really want to get to know everything that I can about the neighborhood. I want to meet all the neighbors. Um, And I also um, use open houses in, in a couple of other ways, but I think open houses, you know, just having those conversations, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've gotten buyers in the really high end, even those who said, well, I was working with a realtor, but I haven't signed anything. And I want to use you because you really know the neighborhood. And in, in fact, I have one, I have one um, who's now, they're now friends of ours and, um, and he's a doctor in town. And, and, and I love uh, working with doctors, by the way, because they are, they make good decisions quickly and they act on them and they don't want all the stuff in between, just 
give me the bottom line and let's get it fixed. And they they can fix anything. They you know, if as long as it's not a brain injury, they can fix it. So we've had we've had people they don't care if there's roofing problems or whatever it is, they can go in and fix it. So what he said to me is, "Oh, we only buy houses that Linda parties in." So, so if I know a neighborhood, I'll say, "Oh, I know that I know that house. I was at a party last summer, a barbecue, or I sold that house, or I know those people." That kind of reinforces when you're showing the neighborhoods that you really, really, really know it truly. And um, that's yeah. freaking hilarious. I've never heard that before. What a great idea. Yeah. So anyway, open houses are uh, a big one for me. Um, number two. Hang on, is- hang on, hang on. Hang on. Wait, 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 wait. Before you go on to number two, let's do a little bit deeper dive on open houses. What are you doing? Are you doing anything special for your open houses? Like how many signs are you putting out? Are you doing banners? Are you doing cookies? Are you, what, what, what <laughs> okay, I would so, describe a Linda Welsh open house. Well, and it depends on the area because some areas you're not allowed to put open, open house signs and not even, um, for sale signs. So, um, so so we just we market the heck out of them. So we market them on social media. Um, we we also go and do um, reverse prospecting to find everybody that has a search for that property. And you know we'll take like the first hundred or whatever, and we'll specifically go out to those agents and say this is a, this is the reference number, and they were this they this it fits the, what their needs. And we invite them. We also do um, an invitation. The first, the first open house that we do, if it's going to be on a Saturday or Sunday, we will um, probably go live on Wednesday or Thursday. But we're going to send an invitation to the neighborhood on Monday or Tuesday. And these are on invitation side cards, size cards. They're going to be printed, but we're going to be hand signed, and they're going to be an invitation um, size envelope so that they open it because it's an invitation, right? We're gonna we're gonna say you know um, we want to welcome you to the open house. We realize you're probably not in the market right now to buy another home, but we you know maybe you're curious about this home and maybe you'd like to help choose your next neighbor. We would love to see you there. Come on over. We're gonna have punch and cookies or whatever it is, um, and then we'll have you know little waters, little mini bunt cakes or cookies or whatever. And um, and and a lot of times too. Hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Did you just say mini bunt cakes? Yeah. Have you ever tried a mini bunt cake? Yes, but dude, like, can you do anything like not world class? I mean, like everybody else is like, yeah, I stopped, grab some Oreos or whatever. <laughs> You're like, no, no, we're going to do mini bunt cakes. They're only like $3 a piece, folks, and people love them. And in fact, we've gotten, I have gotten clients, I've gotten agents that come over to us because they said that we do things world class. So, yeah. So we I've, always, not, I've always tried to live by the mantra, you know, that it's it's world class or not at all. Yeah, and if yeah. You can't do it world class. Don't even bother doing it. Just go. Do yeah. Something. And and by the way, we don't serve alcohol at our events, and I know Michael, you wouldn't either. Um, and 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 I do I do drink casually, but I I don't serve it because, um, to re, you know, for a couple number of reasons, we we're a very multicultural group. Our, our we have nine different religions in our company, and we want to be respectful of religions and and also people that shouldn't be drinking either yeah. because they choose not to or because it's too much of a temptation. So we don't typically serve alcohol at our events. Um but it's you know we'll we'll offer water or juice or or um or sparkling something something you know Martinelli's sparkling cider. It looks just as classy as champagne. Everybody loves it. Easy to do. Okay, um, hold on really quick. I want to ask the audience, those of you that are watching right now, what I want to know is number one, what market are you in? Number two, 
uh, have you held an open house this year, at least one open house this year? Uh, so what market are you in and have you held an open house this year? Keep going, Linda. Okay. So, and we also, um, we either have people sign in with a QR code and leave all their information, or we give them a clipboard with, um, with, with them rating the house. So what we do is we, 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 either, we sign, we, I, and I've had a lot of agents say to me, I can't get people to sign in. I always get people to sign in always. I've never had a problem. Maybe it's because the mom and me directs people to what to do. I just say, please sign it. I don't ask them to sign in. I tell them. And if I get that rare person who says, um, I don't want to give you my name or just give me what you can. I just, I owe it to the owner to let them know who's in their home. They've asked me to do that. Number one. Number two, if they say, well, I don't want you to market to me. Fine. Write that on the sheet. Give me your information. Write down. I don't want any emails, whatever it is. I just need to, and I'd like you to, you know, assess the house, walk through the house, fill out this form. How did you find out about us? Um, what's your favorite thing about the house? What would you recommend? Those sort of things. So, um, so it gives us some good information. Then we save those and we, we put them in our database later on. So we, we always have sign-in sheets or a sign-in link, one or the other, always. And I love that you're doing that and that you're, that you're adamant about, look, I'm going to get everybody's contact information. Everybody. So many agents are so weak on this mm -hmm. and I'm telling you, it's important. And by the way, if you're confident in getting it, you'll get it. And if they don't want to get it to you, goodbye. You don't get to come in the house. There's no reason to let them in the house if they're not going to give you their contact information. And that is legitimately for your safety and the sellers. Right. And by the way, we ask if they have a realtor, we ask them who it is. If they don't know and they can't remember, they don't really have a realtor they're working with. But if so they do, yeah. But what you're saying is you're not saying, do you have a real estate agent? You're saying, who is your agent? Who is your real estate agent? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Keep yeah. going. That's good. Yeah. That's good. And, and if they put that name on the sheet, I'm going to call that realtor because if they're truly interested in that house, my job is to get that house sold. So what really amazes me is when people seem really interested and that agent doesn't call me back. I, I can't, that's my pet biggest pet peeve is when agents don't answer their phone, you know, go ahead and answer my phone saying I haven't heard back from them or I don't know, or they chose something else. I don't care, but just get back to me. It is, it's beyond annoying. You know, it's funny, you know, we talk about, you know, in the classes and you've been to a couple of these, uh, you know, in the, in the half day classes, we talk about, you know, the importance of follow-up and, and we talk about the study that the National Association of Realtors does every year. And the biggest complaint that consumers have about real estate agents is lack of communication. And what I never, ever hear, I've never seen it even show up on the study is that people are upset that agents follow up too much because mm -hmm. frankly, and I hate to say this, I hate to say this, but so many agents are incredibly lazy. So many agents just won't do, put the work in. They won't answer the phone. They won't return the phone calls. They won't be proactive about follow-up. Uh, they just expect, it seems like, that business is going to fall in their lap because, well, I'm just, I'm such a great agent. Of course, it's just going to come to me. It's well, like, and I, I'll say one thing I have, I've learned about showing properties over the years is make sure that you have not only the sheets for your client, but your own sheets, your realtor sheets, and make notes on them. Because at the end of the day, you probably won't remember them all either. But if somebody asks you for feedback on that property, I'm going to go back to my note and I'm going to say, oh yeah, that was the one with the green carpet and uh, it smelled like you know dog or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'll politely tell them. I also never give written responses that are going to be extremely offensive to the seller. 
because I, you know, I'll be kind about it because the seller may be paying attention to who is in their house and I might be their next call when that agent doesn't sell the house. So I'm going to say, you know, they, they might consider um, toning down the fuchsia walls in the guest bedroom or something of that sort that might help rather than saying, God, that looked like Pepto-Bismol. It was horrible. <laughs> so, Cindy, you're playing chess when most people are playing checkers. I yeah. love that. That's fantastic. So, okay. right. but your, to your point, you know, that feedback that you give, it, it does a lot, you know, not only, you know, first of all, yes, it's very possible that you might be that next call from that seller. Uh, and they might just, they, they might be thinking, you know, like when you call an expired, they might remember, oh, you came through my house when I had it listed with that other agent. Now, the other thing is, the other thing to keep in mind is it's that relationship with that agent. And I think a lot of agents shortchange the importance of the relationship with their fellow agents. And what you're saying is, hey, look, I always like to give feedback because what agent doesn't like to get feedback? And if I'm the one that's consistently giving feedback, agents remember that. They appreciate that. They're going to remember that long term. And next time I need something from them or maybe I want feedback from them on one of my listings, I'm a lot more likely to get it because I've been giving it first. Yes, absolutely. You want you want a great reputation in this business, and you want to be cooperative. Um, even you know the the probably one of the best um, compliments I got from other realtors from the people that they serve is that that I've heard from people that say, "Yeah, I asked so and so about about you, and they said you were tough but fair." And I thought that that's exactly what I want to be. I want to be tough, but I also want to be you know cooperative and fair and um and not seem to be somebody who is um acting covertly you know that that um that i'm fair in my dealings and and working hard for my clients so yeah yep. uh, i like that a lot i love it okay so let's go to the next lead source okay the next lead source um is actually referral sources and um but there's several of them so the number one i would say for the for the newer agent or one is to make sure that you're getting all of your designations that will help you in a great in a great way and from those designations make sure that you're on those portals and that your your profile is premium that everything you've got on there has every single one of your awards it has all of your designations it has your expertise it has you know anything about your um, you know your best years in selling or or where you rank whatever whatever it is it's going to make you shine. Make sure your profiles are premium in every single platform that you can find in social media and with designations. I've gotten a lot from designation websites, believe it or not. That's what I was just going to ask. So because I've not been a big fan. I'm going to be honest. I've I've actually not been a fan of designations because I felt like you know they were just you know a bunch of you know, fluffy, blah, 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 people trying to get money out of you and whatever. But what you're saying is, no, Michael, they actually have referral networks within them and there's business transacting within them? Yes. In fact, um, the Luxury Home Marketing Institute is one, the CLHMS. Right. Um, CRS is another that's been around forever, Certified Residential Specialist. Um, ABR, SRES is another really good one because it's a seniors real estate specialist. So if you're going to be doing probate, estate, wills, things of that sort, um, you probably should get your SRES. If you're going to work with people who might want to be downsizing, moving to independent living, 
uh, get your SRES and get that network going. I then go to those websites and I start downloading those other agents who also have those designations and I put them in my database and I sort them adding their adding their designation. Um, I've even had some people wanting me to sign up and I won't mention who they are, but wanting me to sign up for their luxury, whatever it is. And, and I didn't really see the value in it, but I went to their website and I found out all the people that were in there and I put them, and I also started following them on, I'll, I'd go check them out on LinkedIn. I'll go check them out on Instagram. I go check them out on YouTube because in the very best of them, I make sure that I want to see every one of their posts because it gives me ideas about what to do, but it also lets me know what their business is and what it's looking like. Well, and when you connect with them on social media, they're going to see you as well. And that, and again, so now what you're doing is you're taking these people with commonalities and you're saying, okay, look, I'm putting myself out there for them. You're going to recognize me now. You're going to, you're going to be more likely to, when you have a referral for Austin, that's a luxury referral, that sort of thing. Dude, this is brilliant, Linda. And it's something that's not talked about. And so I, I love what you're doing there. I really love I also it. would say, if you're going to take any classes, go out of town, go out of town. Oh, to for sure. Classes. Yes. Yes. If you're going to take, you know, especially now that we're 2023 and we can go back and do everything uh, in person, um, go four or five hours away, go 10 hours away, hop on a plane for 250. It doesn't matter. Go to something where you're, you may be the only one from your city and make sure that people know where you're from and uh, especially go to places that you can identify that people are moving from to your area. So if you can go to, um, at, you know, an air, uh, uh, what is it, Van Lines or or um, one of those one of those websites that tells you it has the charts and where people are moving from. Go there for classes. So very interesting. So you did that recently with our classes. You went to Houston and San Antonio, knowing that people are moving from Houston and San Antonio to- and Dallas and Dallas. And Dallas, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, and so what you did was, and I think it's brilliant, right? You went to those events and, you know, they're just three hour events. They're a free event. Uh, and you developed relationships with people from those events that I'm assuming you're keeping in contact with and you're following them and they're and friending them on social media. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and I would imagine that so, at some point in the future, those will some, at some point turn into some business for you. Yeah. And, and by the way, we've also been to Boston, Connecticut, um, Kansas City. We lived in all of those places. So if you have lived someplace before, um, you can combine a business and a personal trip. You, you can go go have meetings there, take classes there, um, and talk about you about you know the commonalities. So the fact that I used to live in New York and, and Massachusetts and Connecticut, um, et cetera, has and we just went to a, a Dartmouth event. And um, and so it was a lot of fun, but it was also a great networking opportunity for us. And we sold a couple of homes to um, to Dartmouth grads. One of them just graduated with his, his degree this year, and he bought a one point three million dollar house. So nice. yeah, it moved to Austin. It would not have happened if we didn't didn't go to these events. So next time you're going to be in one of those cities, Linda, you need to let uh, Tara know so that she can schedule an event for me there. And we'll we'll just do an event. And I, I got to do them all over the place anyway. Might as well do I it when well. you're going to be there. And then you can come and and uh, get to know the agents in that area and and kill two birds with one stone. That's uh, yeah. that's a great move. So smart. Yeah, so and smart. I also I also have a referral company, so it's not something everybody can do. But we we have two brokerages. We have our traditional brokerage, and then ten years ago we started 
what's called an LFRO, a limited function referral organization. And some people call them legacy companies. You might see some large big box companies that call them legacy companies and and only reserve them for their agents who are retiring. For us, it's for anybody who either never really got off the ground with their real estate business or they're retiring or they're moving out of the area or out of the state. In fact, some of our agents moved out of the country for years and were in our referral company. It allows them to not pay any local, state, or national association of realtor dues. They don't represent buyers or sellers, and they do have to keep their license active, but they have to just pay their renewal and take their MCE once every two years, and they can refer business and get paid. So again, that's mailbox money, and it's an opportunity. It's a lead source for our agents and for us. Um, so we love that. Kind of set it and forget it. And it's also a great opportunity to talk to attorneys, financial wealth um, wealth builders, um, and other affiliated industries and say, hey, you're an accounting, you're a CPA, you're uh, a, a wealth manager. Why don't you go get your real estate license? You don't have, ever have to sell any real estate. You can put it in the referral company, refer business, and we'll pay your referral fee. That's gold. I hope everybody watching this is listening carefully to that right now, because man, I got to tell you, that right there is absolute gold. Uh, and, you know, to be able to go to an attorney and say, hey, you know, would you be open to, like, I'll give you an example. Let's say you went to a bankruptcy attorney and you said, hey, Mr. Bankruptcy Attorney, you know, once in a while I run into people that are thinking about filing bankruptcy and, and I need to refer them to somebody. Would you be open to receiving referrals from me for people that might need to file bankruptcy? Yeah. Of course, they're going to say yes, right? But you always lead with that. Then they come back and they say, well, yeah, I'd, I'd certainly be willing to do that. And you say, well, that's awesome. I really appreciate that. What's the best way to have them contact you, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, here's my process. Great, awesome. Hey, Mr. Bankruptcy Attorney, would, would you be willing to reciprocate if I were able to pay you for your referrals? Would you be willing to reciprocate and send people to me that that you're thinking uh, you know, are, are going to need to sell a home or buy a home? Yeah. And then you show them the pathway where they can actually get paid for those referrals. Financial planners, money managers, all these people, guys, they're all, everybody's looking for a way to make more money. Everybody. I'm not aware of anybody on this planet that's not looking for another way to make more money. And yeah. so if you can show them that and you can do it in a legal way through your referral company, what a great opportunity. Yeah. And there's a lot of misconception um, that, that you can pay attorneys for the referrals otherwise, and you can't. Um, and, and you're not allowed to pay somebody that's uh, unless they have a real estate license. Yep. So, um, so yeah, it's been, it's been great, great for us to do that. Man, so, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, social media uh, video and um, social media uh, ads are a third way. We do a lot through listings to leads, which is a vendor that, um, that we found through club wealth. We never would have found them without club wealth, but, but we love listings to leads and we advertise our open houses. We advertise our listings and sometimes we advertise other listings. There's different state limitations on whether or not you can do that. But in Texas, we can advertise other people's listings. So we will do that. And we don't advertise in social media locally. Typically, we do most of our advertisement um, on the West Coast in California and Washington state. And then also in New York, Chicago, Boston, et cetera, because those are pe where people are moving from. And everybody- Why, why you gotta rub salt to Linda? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, and we've done some referrals. We've, we've gotten a lot of referrals through Club Wealth. They, they've, uh, you know, they've been great. And, uh, and, and, and I've gotten uh, a lot of my colleagues there, my other, other coaching um, colleagues there have sent us a lot of business. 
Yeah. And that's, I'll tell you, that's huge too. So let's, let's back up. Okay. So first of all, yeah, I think it's awesome. And yes, as a coach, you definitely do get opportunities for a lot of referrals as being a club wealth coach. And I'm glad that that's the case. And we love that. In fact, I think uh, through Eagle Squadron, we sent out last year, we sent out over 25,000 referrals through our referral finder uh, program. Uh, so that was pretty exciting. And, and we're and it's still going very, very strong today. Uh, but now hold on. I, there was a piece in there that I wanted to make sure I didn't forget. And I just forgot what it was, uh, before the, the referrals from club wealth, you were talking about, uh, oh, you're talking about your marketing listings to leads. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, listings to leads guys. It's an awesome program. And Linda, what do you, I mean, it, it, listings to leads, I think with our discount, if you guys go to clubwealth.com forward slash L two L clubwealth.com forward slash L two L you can get our discount on it. And I think it drops it to like 40 bucks a month or 60 bucks, 40 or 60. I, I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah. It's super cheap, but tell us what it does, Linda, what, what does listing sleeves actually do? Well, um, it, people, you know, it, go to the landing page, they click on an ad, they go to a landing page, they're interested in something and that lead comes through to us. We follow up on it Im- immediately and it gives us, there probably are other people that see our ads that don't respond either, but they may they may take note of who we are or what the house is or get just a mental picture that it may activate their reticular activation system where they go, oh, she sells houses that look like that or whatever it is. We make sure that anything we're going to advertise through social media is camera ready, that it's going to it's going to be indicative of the business that we do and that we want to do. Um, we're not going to take, you know, the the rundown 50 year old um, duplex that's that needs everything. Um, and put that up there. We're going to take um, our sparkling looking properties and put them up there. Yeah. And so listings to lead syndicates those to multiple places. And it it does, it it really, honestly, for the money, listings to leads has got so many features and, and so much technology built into it for the money. I don't think there's a better technology platform in real estate today in terms of. And our, and our, our ads get approved all the time. That's the thing. You know, when we were trying to do them on our own, um, you know, there'd be glitchiness with it. And, and, and we found that, and we've used some other ones um, and some other ones, even that club off in the past did use that, that just didn't have the customer service or whatever that listings to leads does. So we've, we've had, we've been consistently using them now for several years. Yeah. I'm glad you brought the customer service piece into it because I got to tell you in this industry, it's gotten bad, not just with real estate agents, but with all the service providers for real estate agents. And we hear this from our clients a lot because with our clients, I mean, I think people are used to the club wealth level of service, which is unrealistic for most companies. I mean, we just, we throw time at customer service. We absolutely like, we pour ourselves into providing world-class customer service. And so often that's just not the case with service providers in the real estate industry. And so people get frustrated very quickly with that. Yeah. Uh, listings to leads, Scott has does done a really, really nice job of, of maintaining a very high level of customer service. So I, I appreciate you saying that. And I know he will too. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I'll give him a little shout out in here. <laughs> shout out to Scott Pierce. Where's Scott Pierce? Hold on. I'm going to pull him in here. Oh, hold on. And at Scott. Oh my goodness. Come on, Pierce. I'm not able to pull him up for some reason. There we go, Scott. That's the wrong Scott Pierce. So weird. Okay, I'll have to tag him some other time. That being said, all right, Linda. So that so give us the next lead source. What's another great lead source for you? Video. 
Tell uh, us the video now, because you, listen, I'm gonna, I want to, I want to preface this, then I want you to dive deep on it, because you're a very dialed in woman, right? I, you, I, my perception of you is you're all, you've always got your stuff dialed in tight, right? The, the question I have for you though is, when you say video, is it all like production video? Is it candid video? Is it? Do you make sure that you know your hair's perfect every time? Like. Talk to us about video and, and how I'm, I'm really glad you asked that because I'm going to tell you, first of all, I was I was one of that person that pushed back. I pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. In fact, for 30 something years ago when I met my husband and we worked together and he was trying to get me into coaching, I pushed back and he said, finally said, just do it. <laughs> just do it. So so the only way I made myself do video is I hired people to make me do it mm-hmm. and video on several levels very short form we do short form video for um for instructing other agents and in using it for a, on a platform to recruit agents and i'm doing that with a vendor and then i do medium length video they're they're um interviews typically 20 to 30 minutes long on a local level and we we work with another vendor um, and they set up appointments for me and I've given them, you know, tons of names through our chamber of commerce, through businesses we personally use, through restaurants, through businesses, through through clients' businesses. And I interview those people online and then um, and then we share those videos and there's a landing page there. So there's some reciprocity there. When I bring business to those businesses, they want to promote me. And then thirdly is is um, property videos, walkthrough videos, open house videos, new home videos. Some of those are, can be long form where you're actually doing entire areas or entire neighborhoods. And that's the next thing for us to do. And so um, and and we use all the platforms for it. We'll use YouTube. We'll use our we'll, we'll plan it on Facebook. We'll 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 embed it in emails and we have it on a landing page and we have it in our blog. So we have, and we will buy, I probably own like 40 different domains. So I'll buy domains and point those domains to different things. And, um, and yeah, I, I make myself do it. It's once you get comfortable with it, it's, you know, you know, it's more important that you do it. It's not that important that it's perfect. Make it conversational. I love hearing you say that because I, I I was curious because I think, I think a lot of people, you know, they see you and you're just, you know, you're put together, you're well put together. And I think that they, they would be surprised by the, the hearing you say that, you know, Hey, look, like it good is good enough. Like it doesn't have to be perfect. Just freaking do it. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I, R and D rip off and duplicate. If you if, go follow, I, in fact, I'll tell a lot of my coaching clients, I'll give them names and, and Instagram handles of people to go watch or YouTube channels say, go watch this, go watch this, get ideas. Don't be the source of information if you're not 100% involved in that and you don't know it, but go back to the source and then you can share it. Make sure that you are, you're a student of successful realtors and that you're, and and honestly, if you start commenting on their Facebook and Instagram pages, they're going to feel like they know you. They're going to start following you. It's, there's a lot of reciprocity in this business and, um, and, and honestly, there's lots of room for all of us to be successful. All of those that are willing to put in the time and the effort to be successful. So stop worrying about somebody else knowing what you're doing or 
giving away the secret sauce because not everybody's going to do it. You know, there's very few people that are going to do it. You've got to be the one that's going to be willing to actually do the work. Yeah. I love that you're mixing that content up too in different ways, you know, that you're doing short, medium, and long form. When it comes to your long form community videos, uh, you know, I'd like to suggest to everybody that, you know, guys, Put yourself in in the viewer's shoes. Ask yourself, what would someone want to know about this community? What are the main things about, you know, like take the time to really prepare ahead of time, come up with an outline, script it out so that you kind of have an idea of, okay, I got to cover all these different things to be the authority video on that neighborhood. If they're only going to watch one video about that neighborhood, this is the one they got to watch. Yeah. And when you do that with all your videos, when you make them that good, People will watch your stuff and, and you'll get, you'll, you know, you'll get picked up on social, you'll get picked up in the algorithm and you'll get more traction. So yeah, right. good stuff. I love it. So Linda, tell, let me, let me back up. I want to come back to really quick. We've only got a few minutes left. There's two questions I want to ask you. Uh, I, well, actually there's one question I want to ask you and then I want you to ask. I know you've got some questions ready for me. So the question that I want to ask you is talk to us about coaching. Uh, so when you came into Club Wealth, you know, tell us, tell us about your journey. What has coaching done for you? Why do you feel it's important? You know, what, I mean, I, and you've been with Club Wealth for how long now all together? But almost five years. About five yeah. years. Yeah. What, what is important about Club Wealth for you? First of all, it was a very unique platform. And I, I tried coaching with different companies before, both ones that were within um, the companies that I was at or um, or national firms. And I was looking for something when I came back to my own company in 2016, I was looking for something that um, was real estate specific, number one. And that, uh, and then when I found how you, how you, the, the basic structure of your company was really intriguing to me in that it is tier based um, and that every um, coach is actually working in their business not not sitting at a coaching desk who hasn't sold anything in 20 years, but somebody that's actually active in their business and, and it's constantly evolving. Um, and, and also, um, I, I also was attracted to um, your standards and your, um, you know, and I think that's really important. You can tell a lot about somebody by how they live their lives and what their values are. So you're value driven um, and, and the structure was really appealing to me. And, um, and I wanted to be a part of it. And I also learned about system on more practical nature systems and tools that I never heard of before. And then I realized that even when I was with a much larger company, everything was through that filter through that, you know, and they wanted you to buy something, they wanted to do something that they were, they were doing. And yeah. so I found out about some of these, um, about some of these vendors and systems and tools that I'd never heard of before. And, and, you know, and we've tried, some of them didn't, we didn't use a long time and some of them we've adopted and stayed with like listings to leads, but you're always um, looking to provide the best for, for your coaching clients and for your coaches. And um, it's, it's been very dear to my heart. And I, and I, and I really fell in love with coaching. Uh, I fell in love with me being coached and I fell in love with coaching other people and, um, and truth be told, it's probably, it, it, probably not the highest dollar per hour activity I could be doing, right. but, um, it's tremendously rewarding. And, and I heard this yesterday when you were talking to Jason and, and I'm just going to, um, double down on this. I also get things from my coaching clients because they're, they're all doing things a little bit differently. 
And, um, and just like every once in a while, you'll pick up a tip from me or other, another coach. Um, we're all in different parts of the world and in getting those, those little, you know, ideas and vendors that somebody's using are paramount to us being on the cutting edge of, of what's happening now and, and, and disruptors in our business and all of that. So, right. yeah, I can't say enough good things about coaching. I don't think I'll ever leave coaching. I it's it. And, you know, and the other thing is, and I don't know whether he said this or not, but it, it makes me perform at a higher level and do the things that I should be doing. Cause shame on me for trying to teach somebody something that I'm not doing. If yeah. I'm going to be teaching it, I darn well better be doing it too. So, um, so yeah, we, you know, we all hold each other accountable and, um, and I find that very rewarding on a personal level and on a business level. And there's a lot of things that I've adapted. And I'm like, I've taken, you know, I look at my, and it was going to, I'm going to ask you about this too, about the different aspects of my life and making sure that, that they're as, as even as they can be, because there is no such thing as a balanced life. Sometimes we're all in and we have, we have stresses in our, our families or situations or, or whatever that we have to deal with in the moment. But um, on a whole, we need to look at all the areas of our life because if something's suffering, it's like having one of your kids sick. If, if you're only as happy as your least happy kid, so um, we want to we want to help people get their lives in order as well. And that's kind of um, the frosting on the cake. Yep, uh, I'm I'm really glad to hear you say that because, and I think I think people think that you know, oh, I'm going to have this perfect balance in my life, and and the reality is. There's going to be times where you need to focus on your business. There's going to be times where you need to focus on your family. There's yeah. and the, the the reality is it's not always going to be perfect. In fact, it's never going to be perfect. It's just, it's a constant, you know, I got to spin this plate. I got to spin that plate. I got to spin this plate. And I got to, I got to go back to this one, spin that a little bit, uh, you know, to keep those plates in the air. And that's just, that's just life and it's okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, but to your point, you know, if you're going through a divorce, every part of your life is going to, is going to feel that every part of your life is going to, yeah. is going to have to, to adapt to that. And, uh, you know, and it could be any of those things, you know, if your business is suffering in a major way, if you're, if you're, if you're going broke, well, guess what? You're going to feel that in every area of your life. And, you know, you're going to need to make sure that you, you take care of that. And so that may mean that at that point in time, you've got to put more focus on the business and you got to make the business work. So now I'm glad you brought that up. All right. So that being said, before we wrap up, uh, I know you've got some questions for me. So go for it. What, what are, okay. what are your questions? I'm going to ask you, um, briefly explain the Club Wealth logo and um, how you decided to use that in your business, how it guides uh, your core values in uh, your business and your personal life. Oh my gosh. That's such a great question. I love that. Thank you for that. Uh, nobody's ever asked me that, but well, that's not true. I shouldn't say nobody's ever asked me that. Nobody's asked me for about that on camera. Uh, and so the Club Wealth logo, uh, as you can tell, it's got the it's got a compass and it's got the letters. There's five letters there. It represents the five key areas in your life. The F at the top stands for family. The B to the right is business. Then at the bottom, you've got the F for financial. To the left of that, you've got health, both physical and mental. And then a big S in the middle stands for your spiritual life. And really what we're saying is that you know, you've got to cultivate all five of these key areas in your life with the spiritual part of your life being at the center. That's what guides us. That's that's the most important piece. And if we get that piece right, it gives us a foundation and a guidepost to make all the rest of those areas in our lives 
function the way that they need to function. If, if the middle part is, is off kilter, you know, if we're not, if we're not taking care of our spiritual life, you know, that's, that's the inside. That's of your part. big why. Yes. Like, and, and it gives us the guidelines, right? It gives us the the path with which we need to, to stick to uh, in order to have success in all the other five key areas. And so that's where the compass comes from. And how does it, how does it work as a guidepost for me? It's a, the more I teach it, the more I remember the importance of cultivating all five key areas. And I'll tell you that one of the, the, the probably the one that I've had the hardest time with in my life has been my health, my physical health. And my mental health has been fine, but my physical health I've struggled with. Uh, and so in the last few years, I've started to do some things and I, I didn't, I didn't just, you know, all of a sudden I'm going to become this gym rat and, you know, this big muscle bound guy and all this stuff. You know, but it started with, you know, I went down and I had weight loss surgery uh, down in Mexico, you know, and and I did that because my wife led the way, gave, you know, by example, she did the same thing a year earlier and it gave me the confidence to go do it. So I went and, and did this weight loss surgery and that, that took part of that weight off my shoulders, if you will, because I, you know, I started to, I I'd eat less, I was more cognizant of what I was eating and how I was eating and, and then uh, here just recently in about the last three months uh, at the behest of one of our coaches, Donnie Morrow. Donnie. Yeah. Donnie put some serious pressure on me and called me out in public, which I'm, you know, I appreciate and uh, freaking shout out to, I got to write this down. I got to put, uh, let's see if I can type it. Donnie Morrow. It's not gonna let me tag him right now, but uh, I'm going to tag him in this, but shout out to Donnie Morrow uh, for Give me a hard time about it and get me into the gym. And so, and again, I say shout out to Donnie. It's not just Donnie. It also took Tara. They say it takes a village to raise a child. Uh, between Donnie and Tara, you know, Tara led by example by going to the gym and saying, I'm going, are you coming with me or not? <laughs> and so I'm certainly not going to have my wife going to the gym without me. I mean, holy cow, man, I want to, I want to be there, you know, it's, it's, so uh, so I got to go to the, to the gym with her and we've been doing that pretty consistently. So the, the compass and teaching about these five key areas has really helped improve my life because to your point, I want to be congruent. If I'm telling someone, this is what you should do. I am, you know, my, my subconscious mind naturally wants to be congruent with that. And so I want to be, you know, able to, to follow the things that I'm teaching as well. And it's, it's made a big difference. And so thank you. That's a great question, Linda. I love that. Well, I think people want to know too. All right. I have another one for you. Tell us a little bit about a time um, or a situation in your life that at the time seemed overwhelming or insurmountable, but in the end, it became the catalyst, new beginnings or growth. Well, that's an easy one. Uh, back in 2007, I sued the state of Washington and uh, I caught him breaking the law. I sued him. I won. Uh, that that victory was short-lived <laughs> because all it did was it really ticked them off. And they spent the next 17 and a half months trying to find a way to get me out of the business. When that failed, they dropped it. But then uh, uh, fast forward to 2010, uh, we found out they were violating the court order that we'd gotten uh, in 2007. And so we took them back to court to enforce that court order very egotistical on my part. I mean, I get it. It was necessary from a legal standpoint to maintain the precedence, all that. Um, but it came down to ego. The, the original lawsuit came down to ego. And, um, and at the end of the day, they, they decided that, uh, Hey, w- rather than fight this guy in court, why don't we just take his license away and see if he goes away? 
And so with no warning, no due process, no, hey, we think you're doing these things wrong or anything wrong for that matter. There, there was nothing. They just randomly decided we're, we're going to suspend his real estate license. And they told the MLS to cancel my 750 listings in active and pending status. I lost, uh, it was four and a half million dollars in actual uh, commissions that day. But I had, I mean, it was hundreds of millions of dollars over the course of my career. And I had 42 rental properties. I lost that because I was, I was buying differently back then. I was buying for appreciation, which is a huge red flag. I've, I've learned that lesson. And by the way, that's a, that, I'm seeing a lot of people making that same mistake today. Even a lot of big gurus. In fact, I just heard of one that just lost 600 properties um, because they were buying for appreciation instead of buying for cash flow. And uh, so long story short, uh, lost everything at the end of the day and had to start over. And we, you know, 30 days later, we got him in court and a judge made him give us our licenses back, but it was too late by then. I mean, we'd already lost all the money. Uh, you know, I had to go back out and, and, you know, we got, you know, back to 227 listings after about 90 days, but at the end of the day, it broke me emotionally. Uh, and I, I ended up selling my real estate business, got out of selling real estate and took about three years off. All of this conspired to bring me back to center and center for me was I need to be in coaching. That's what I was born to do. It was what I was put here to do is to help other people, help them grow. Um, and at the behest of a bunch of our clients uh, that, you know, our previous clients and uh, obviously my wife, Tara, uh, and a lot of prayer and consultation with her decided to get back into the coaching coaching business in a very different way, uh, decided to make it my full-time pursuit and um, it changed my life and it changed a lot of other people's lives in the process uh, because we approached it differently and we created an environment where it wasn't about one guy. It wasn't about some coach. It was about everybody. And it was, it's, it's about everybody collaborating and, and getting ego and uh, out of it and, and just setting ego aside and just saying, how can we help each other be better at this? And, um, and it worked. And, and it's, it's been miraculous to see what's happened. And, and there have been a lot of people that have helped us get here and to, to help Club Wealth become what it has been. Um, and I'm grateful for all of them, those that are here and those that even aren't here anymore. Um, but I got to say that if I, if I had never lost my license to begin with, if I'd never picked that bad fight, and it was a dumb fight to pick, but if I'd never gone through that, we wouldn't be not only would you not have what you have, you wouldn't have appreciated it as much. No. So um, yeah. you're right. Mm -hmm. You're 100% correct. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's probably, I, it, it changed who I am. I, I mean, it really did. It changed who I am uh, at my core. And and I, I'd like to think that I was a decent person before, but if I'm being honest, you know, I, I attributed a lot of my success before to me. And the reality is that none of us really succeeds alone and no one succeeds at that level alone. And being able to take a step back and, and really truly appreciate the people and, and all the things that conspire to get us where we are, it's a gift. It's, it's, it's a gift from God. It's a, it's a gift to be able to say, you know, Without all these people, I don't get to have the life that I have. I don't get to enjoy the things that I get to enjoy. I don't get to have the family I have. And there's just, 
so many things that have to conspire for someone to be successful. And, and I just, yeah. And so no, I'm grateful. I, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm truly grateful. I had, I went through what I went through because uh, I'm, I'm happy. You don't recognize it at the time. But- oh, at the time I was devastated at the time I was angry. I was devastated. I was, and it, and it took, it took time. It took, it, it really took a lot of time and, and, and being able to, to finally get some level of humility back into my life and say, you know what? I deserve that. I'm, I'm, I, you know, I, I brought that on myself with my own ego. I, uh, you know, and it's, that's hard. That's a tough, that's a, that tough was a tough life. lesson, but, but it also um, was a great gift at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Man, what a great question. Jeez. Linda, you're going to have to start doing some of these, but you're going to have to co-host these with me and help me d- dive deep on things. I would, I would love that. That would, that would, that would be my thing. <laughs> oh, I'd love to have you do that. You're, I'm going to, I'm going to have Tara talk with you about that. You Seriously, like you, because you're asking such good questions and it's really, you know, it's, it's hard, you know, to really get to the heart of the matter. And I think a lot of times we get so tactical that we forget that, you know, it's not just about strategies. You know, sometimes we got to remember there's there's deeper issues at stake. So good for you. Uh, and did you have one more for me? I thought or I did. It, okay, um, squash or sweet potatoes, pumpkin or apple. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. Back up. Say that again. Squash or sweet potatoes, Ooh. and that- pumpkin or apple. So okay, so I'm gonna. Uh, I'm going to say when it comes to squash or sweet potatoes, I love sweet potatoes. Don't keep me wrong, but really the best way to eat sweet potatoes is sweet potato fries. And so, and, and you got to dip, dip them in a good cheese sauce, right? So I'm going to, I'm going to go with on squash or sweet potatoes. I got to go with squash, but the squash has to be cooked properly. It's got to have a little bit of butter and brown sugar on it. Like it's got to be the right squash, right? I'm going to share my recipe with you, Michael. I've oh, had it for wait. 30 years, my favorite recipe. So I will share it with you. I'll oh, I can't it. wait. Like I love it. Anybody who wants that just needs to, to ask me for it. <laughs> hey, now, I'm going to share a secret with you. Don't tell Tara this, but there's some squash in our fridge right now. And she, it's just, it's not my favorite. It's okay, but it's all salt and pepper and some butter. But oh, no, they, no. Did no, you no. Mine, mine, has got, mine has got pecans, brown sugar, and half and half on the topping. So it's all crunchy and sweet on top. I can't wait to try it. I, 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 you send me that recipe. I'll make it. I can't wait to try it. Okay, so apple or pumpkin? Apple or pumpkin is so easy for me. It is pumpkin all day long. Are you kidding me? Like anyone who doesn't love pumpkin pie shouldn't live in America. I'm just throwing it out there. Like the pilgrims brought us pumpkin pie. What is your freaking problem, apple pie? What are you trying to be, George Washington? I mean, come on. It's all about the pumpkin. Come you on. don't even need the whipped cream. <laughs> No, man. no, I don't need an ounce of whipped cream, dude. I just, in fact, I don't even want the crust because I'm gluten free, right? So I don't even care about the crust. Just give me the pumpkin pie filling. Yeah. I'm good to go. Yeah, so. me too. I'm there. Oh, Linda, I love it. I love it. We're so aligned. All right, so Linda, I got to ask you. So if people want to get in touch with you if they're interested in, in referring you or just learning from you, picking your brain. How do they get in touch with you? Okay, it's Linda Welsh, and I'm with LindaWelshRealty.com. My phone number is 512-657-4033. And you can email me at linda at lindawelshrealty.com. 
I love it. Fantastic. Reach out to Linda for all your needs in Austin, Texas, guys, and really central Texas. She handles it all. And uh, and she doesn't just do luxury. She handles things at all price points, although she does do a lot of luxury. Uh, and then again, guys, follow us, uh, whether you're on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, whatever social channel you're watching this on. Hit, give us a follow. Give us a like. Comment below if you're enjoying what you're seeing. If you're enjoying these Club Wealth TV episodes and check out our website, clubwealth.com. And if you want to go to the page where we've got all of our episodes and all of the different, you know, the, the different podcast channels, we're on all that, go to clubwealth.com forward slash TV, clubwealth.com forward slash TV. Appreciate you guys so much. Linda, I really appreciate you coming on. You're so much fun. And we're going to do this again. Uh, and I can't wait. Seriously, you're going to have to co-host some of these with me. And uh, we're going to dive deep and uh, have even more fun going forward. So Sounds great. Have a great Thanksgiving. Oh, that's right. Happy Thanksgiving. All right. That's it, everybody. Bye. Remember, whether you're feeling like it today or not, whether someone else thinks you are or not, in my mind, in your mind, and in your heart, and in my heart, you are world class. Take care, everybody. Thank you. 87%. Yeah, that's the percentage of all real estate agents that get in the business today that'll be gone in two years. Let me tell you something. Why is there so much turnover in real estate? Because it isn't easy. And because most people don't know exactly what they need to do to get to the next level. Now look, regardless of whether you're brand new to the industry or, you've, or you're a team leader, you've got 40 people on your team and you just want to get to the next level. If you're doing 10 transactions a year, you want to get to 25. You're doing 500 transactions a year, you want to get to 1,000. You're at 1,000, you want to get to 10,000. Let me tell you something. You need the right coach. Why? Because Club Wealth is the only coaching company on the planet that will literally guarantee that you will double your income or make at least an extra $100,000 your first year coaching with us, or we will give you 100% of your investment back. This is for people of all levels. Click the link below, sign up for the appropriate tier level, and let's get you a strategy session today. And I promise you, I 100% guarantee you, promise you that you will walk away with a heart full of gratitude for the time that we took for you because you got so much value out of that call. Schedule your strategy session today. I promise you'll be glad you did. Sign up for a strategy session at clubwealth.com slash strategy session.